What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am Dr. Script here with my co-host Sam Penelis right here. Hey, everybody. And today we got quite a doozy of a little operation to go under with the movie entitled We're Back. It is a... <laughs> the full title is We're Back! Exclamation point. A dinosaur story. To give you a quick little rundown of it, when... The Captain New Eyes travels back in time and feeds dinosaurs his brain, brain, grain cereal stuff to make the dinosaurs more intelligent and not violent. They agree to go back to middle future, aka present future or present era, and uh, to go and grant children wishes in New York. On their travels, they meet this different kid called uh lewis i think his name is right louis yeah i don't know um and this other girl i'm uh, uh cecilia cecilia and they go on to try and help the dinosaurs get into their original spot in the natural history museum but get caught up with the bad guy doc professor screw eyes and they get tricked into going into the uh screw eyes's carnival and then they have to escape, basically. And uh, So to you guys, that sounded like too many things. I agree. That sounds like uh, that sounds like not a movie. It, you sort of forget that there are dinosaurs in it. Well, there were like three separate times where we're watching, and then I just lean over to Taylor. I'm like, remember when this movie was about dinosaurs? Because they they stop doing dinosaur stuff for like a lot of it. You you can honestly have just changed these guys to like aliens or like pirates or like well, yeah because the whole thing is like about how this guy Captain New Eyes like has this wish machine that he can see the wishes of children on Earth and they keep wishing for dinosaurs but really children could be wishing for anything like he thinks that like for some reason people in the nineteen nineties really <laughs> wanted dinosaurs it. I mean, I get that as a kid, like, you know, wanting to see dinosaurs and everything, but it's just a mess. Like, it's... everything, we start in the Jurassic period having these dinosaurs running around. <laughs> and... We actually, we don't start in Jurassic period. There's a little bit of a framing device that this movie uses oh, right. that they address not at all, where there's... You have five minutes, and this movie's not long, so five minutes with a family of birds <coughs> in a tree, and this little baby bird's getting bullied by his older brother birds, and he sees a dinosaur playing golf outside, <laughs> and he goes over to the dinosaur and is like, I'm going to run away to the circus, and the dinosaur, voiced by John Goodman, says, oh, I know someone who else who wanted to run away to the circus once. So that's where it starts. And somehow we get into the Jurassic period, or whatever period T-Rexes are from, from the dinosaur times, when he... He gets abducted by an old man. An old man in a spaceship with an alien sidekick who feeds him cereal to make him smarter. And he meets up with these other dinosaurs who have also eaten this cereal that makes them smarter. Do you think this is just a ploy to get millennials to eat cereal again? I think so much of this was like definitely a ploy by like different groups that paid whatever distribution company made this happen. They paid them so that they could say like, 
hey, it's better for kids to eat cereal. Hey, you should tell them not to join the circus. I don't know. <laughs> and then so the dinosaurs get smarter and they meet this Captain New Eyes. Captain New Eyes. Which, wow. Congrats on that creative name there, guys. And when he's there, he's telling them how he wants to bring them back and go to this natural history museum to show off to kids. And on their journey there, to not bump into his brother, Professor Screwy Eyes, or Screw Eyes. Yeah, so these this guy named Captain New Eyes has a brother named Professor Screw Eyes. I, I feel like the parents just were setting that up for that guy not to <laughs> succeed. I, I think there's a deeper story they, they really should have been <laughs> looking into here. I, I mean, if we're talking about this little boy bird getting picked on for liking his mom... Can you imagine what Professor Screwy Eyes had to go through? Like, oh, as a kid. Like he would try to go to his mom for, like, hugs, and his mom's like, no, you're gross, Professor Screw Eyes. I bet his first legal name is Professor, <laughs> and his last name is Screw Eyes. And they all like, oh, yeah, you turned out so bad. Like, how could you? It's like, yeah, no shit. I don't know. What, what else happens? So they get dropped off, and they sort of wreck kid Louie's boat that he's trying to escape to the circus but there's no point of him needing a boat because it's in the circus is in central park i don't i you think that we're skipping some steps here (laughs) i feel like i need to keep interjecting and saying things like this but there's no steps that are skipped the dinosaurs get shoved out of the spaceship with parachutes and they land in like the waters just outside of new york or this orph not an orphan, sorry. He has parents, but he ran away. He built a boat, <laughs> and the dinosaurs crash his boat. <laughs> and they all sink into the water. Well, also, when they get ejected from the spaceship, the guy doesn't give them a heads up, really. He just, like, opens it, and then they fall down. And the uh, T-Rex is, like, trying to hold it on to the side, with both his hands, and the alien comes off and, like, unplucks his fingers one by one, and they, he falls down like, Jesus. These are also animals that have only been smart for, like, ten minutes <laughs> at most, and you expect them to know how to work a parachute? <sighs> I, I like how present day... on So, the way this guy transports from the past, present, and future is through a wish radio box... Yeah, where he like has like the raid like the radio for wishes, and it's got like different settings on it. And so there's, you have the past, which you know you go back to the past, and then you have future, where you can go in the future. But for present, he just has middle future. Well, he had a button that said present. Like, Wait, there right, was. Yeah, there was one right next to middle future. And I think that's like was saying present is like when he picked up the dinosaurs like in their time. But he called them, like, the 1990s as the middle future. But that's not the middle future. That's 60 million years yeah, later. What, how, how do you define middle future? Because then what is the future? Like, is that just when the Earth has exploded? Like, like when the sun has just given out and nothing's there? Is that the future? Oh, my God. There's too many questions. So then the kid gets off, takes the dinosaurs. Well, this was something that I got a little annoyed by. The dinosaurs get up onto this dock, and with no problem or whatever, and then the T-Rex falls back off the dock, 
and now he can't get back up and he starts to drown. Just think your stuff and, out a bit more, you well, know? Like a second earlier, like they're they're in a boat and then the boat like hits the wall and then it knocks over and they all like pick themselves up, which a T-Rex <laughs> with his tiny arms does not have the strength to pull himself up, but he does it no problem a second ago and then something happens where he falls back in the water and instead of getting back up, everyone freaks out. It's like, oh no, he's drowning. But he just, he just got back up on the deck. And he, now you think he's drowning. So did some did someone help him up? And then the kid gets a crane, like a, a machine, and he gets inside of it and goes in and pulls him up. And it's a whole thing, and it's... Anyways. It, from the Academy Award winning writer of Moonstruck, just as a FYI. We'll get back to that in a second. But, so then the kid takes him to a parade, and then oh, they yeah. disguise themselves as hot air balloons. Not, uh, Yeah, they're like balloons. the animatronic, uh, like, things. Like, it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York. and like, Yeah, those types of balloons. And then they have a whole song and dance. Not a with, musical, only one song. Yeah. And the parents, after the song and dance, realize, like, wait, these are real dinosaurs. Oh no! And then the cops show up and try to arrest the dinosaurs. Which, guys, what are you doing? Could you imagine in in King Kong if the cops tried to arrest <laughs> King Kong? No, they have like the military and stuff, like these planes coming to shoot down King Kong. But instead, they have like a couple helicopters and NYPD. Uh, and then there's like a chase through New York for like a little bit. The the Triceratops stops a burglary from happening. True. They go and into a grocery store and... He, he just, like, accidentally runs into the cop and steals a bunch of hot dogs, but it's okay because he gives the hot dogs to a hot dog vendor. And the burglary... The guy robbing the place goes to jail, like, thrown into jail. It's... Very, very exciting time in, for Thanksgiving in New York. <laughs> I like how you notice these things because those are, like the smallest moments ever, but those are the ones that really stick out <laughs> in a movie like this. And then, so, I don't remember how we got to it, but then the guy, Louie, gets on the pterodactyl and goes into the girl's apartment. Oh, yeah. Because he sees her and is like, like, oh, she looks sad. Then we go and meet her, and we find out the parents went on a vacation without her, <laughs> and had to, the goal to send their kid who isn't under any supervision is just at the apartment by herself just like sad that her parents left her the parents sent her a framed photo of them in hawaii saying wish you were here to her that's not even the worst <laughs> framed photo in her house she later like when ta is talking to louie and like they become friends she takes them into like this room of photos and there's a framed photo of her uh, at this like school function. It says family night. And it's just her sitting at a table with two empty chairs next to her. She got a photo of that and specifically framed it and put it on a wall with other family photos as a way of being like, screw you, mom and dad. You're not here. I don't. I want to know the story behind that photo. <laughs> and the parents are just don't care. They're like, yeah, yeah, we aren't here. <laughs> no, they're not there. They sent her a picture of them on vacation. And then he picks up this girl, and he doesn't clear this with the other dinosaurs. He's like, hey, you should come with us. And he picks her up, and then and then from there they go to the parade, and all that stuff happens. And so then 
then the whole dinosaurs fall like go into different areas because they're being chased by the cops and the kids are just like, all right, whatever, deuces, we're going to the freaking circus because that's what we're doing. Yeah, well, they're like, yeah, meet us at Central Park. That's where the circus is. Oh, sorry, another interjection. These guys, the dinosaurs have two rules that Captain New Eyes gives them. One is to meet up with this old lady on a moped who, like, is going to take them to the Museum of Natural History. That's all they have to do is meet up with this old lady who's going to take them there. And the second rule is don't talk to Professor Screw Eyes. That's it. That's, you have two things. That's it. And you know what they do? First thing is they ignore the old lady and go follow this kid to try and take him to the circus, which, surprise, surprise, the circus is run by Professor Screw Eyes. And then Professor Screw Eyes doesn't even really trick the kids into signing the contract. But, like, they just annoy him enough where he's like, fine, you can sign it. Prick your thumb and then that's what's up. Yeah, these kids sign their names in blood on this contract so that they'll be there forever. And then they get super bummed out when they realize they just signed the contract. Which, yeah, they, to- they never, no one ever explains to them why this is bad or what's going on. They just, at, like, all of a sudden are like, oh, we made a mistake. Which, they're like probably like 9 or 10 year old, so I sort of get that. Probably. But I'm sort of getting the benefit of the doubt to we're back, and I don't, <laughs> a dinosaur story. And I don't know how much of this I should really be giving the benefit of the doubt. Also, there's a clown there. Oh yeah, there's a whole, not even a whole <laughs> subplot with a clown. A shoehorned in little subplot with a clown who's like, I want to be funny, but the professor screw eyes. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> professor screw eyes doesn't understand comedy. <laughs> It was like going to him working at a circus away performance and trying to involve clowns, you know? It's just like, what yeah. are you doing here? Like, it's, it's meant to be like this dark circus with like crazy, freaky things happening, but there's, a, there's also a clown. And then Professor Screw Eyes, I don't, is just like fucking with the guy, I guess. Just being like, yeah, yeah, you'll totally get a bit in this whatever circus. Ugh. Yeah, and then like, and once the kids sign the contracts, he turns them into monkeys, <laughs> and then the dinosaurs show up, and they're like, give us back our friends, and the Professor Screw Eyes is like, okay, I'll trade you, I'll, but you guys have to become uh, vicious animals again. You have to lose your intelligence, and I'll change them back to humans. And he does it. He, they, they go through with it, and Professor Screw Eyes is a man of his word. Yeah, yeah. I actually was thinking that, too. I was like, I can't believe hold up his deal. <laughs> I have the most respect for <laughs> Professor Screw Eyes in this movie. Because <laughs> Captain New Eyes, he, like, abducts dinosaurs, forces them to be something that they're not, tells them they have to go on this mission, then dumps them with two instructions only, not a lot of details, and forces them to like fend for themselves where at least Professor Screw Eyes offers a job to these children, <laughs> gives them opportunities for employment, and then when they want out, he offers a very reasonable compromise and follows through on the deal. Yeah. So, yes, they continue the deal and other crap happens. People come to the place and they get super freaked out that the dinosaurs are there. There's another clown joke trying to be funny in, in between, but... And the dinosaurs realize that all they needed was the power of love. Yeah, the kids right? come up and like hug the dinosaurs, and he like, 
it's a really good like a well done voice performance from whoever played the kid but like it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't make any sense because we've been we've been shown that it's the cereal that makes them smart and these other pills that the professor gives them that makes them not smart again but somehow this kid yelling at this dinosaur being like i love you i'm sorry we're my friend it suddenly makes him smart again and right after everything gets resolved then captain uh new eyes comes and he's like oh what's up guys oh you hung out with my brother dumb move uh anyways let's come back together and he's like oh yeah i came here because i heard the little girls like please no one get hurt and i'm like yo man you caused all of this. Like, there's no way that they weren't wishing to get out of this before. Yeah. They just weren't saying it out loud. Do you only hear the audible wishes of children, <laughs> Captain New Eyes? You're the worst. And, oh my god, and then I guess they all, they all, all the dinosaurs go back to normal and everybody escapes except for Professor Screw Eye. And then Screw Eyes gets attacked by, not even attacked, just like... Yeah, he's not attacked. It's these crows that, like, are part of his act, I guess. Yeah. That land on him. And just get off him, and then he disappears. Yeah, they like, a yeah. bunch of crows, like, form the shape of a human around him, and then they fly away, and he's just gone, and a screw falls to the ground. And I'll admit, as a kid, that's the one thing I really do remember from this movie, is that scene, and it freaked me out as a kid but like in the film context watching it again he says he gets scared because he's alone but at the time of him doing this he still has an audience full of people watching his show there it doesn't make sense because it gets dark as if like the audience has left but they're still there also the audience in this circus <laughs> has seen a bunch of dinosaurs be vicious a bunch of dinosaurs go back to being not vicious an old man with a spaceship land in this circus tent, come down, there's this whole feud between the brothers that they talk about for a while, and it's not like, you know, you the background goes blank and you can't tell that there's an audience there. The background is still colored, so you can see that there's people there, and they cheer once the dinosaurs are, like, all better, and, like, the brothers have their feud, and then everybody leaves, and these two ten-year-olds kiss, and there's, like, a moment made out of it, which is kind of weird. <laughs> And then the guy, Screw Eyes, dies. Yeah. And, or, yeah, now we're just going to say he dies. Yeah, he's dead. Di dinosaurs go to the Natural History Museum and make kids' wishes come true. I guess. Then we come back to the present, present time, and the dinosaur is finishing up his story being like, to the little bird, being like, yep, I hope you t l learned something from this. And it's like, wait, how did these stories connect again? Yeah, he's trying to teach the baby bird not to go join the circus, but that that was it. That's a very singular lesson. And then we pull back up and find out the golf course they're on is actually on a building yes, that of the Natural History Museum, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. which you guys could have made something more productive on that roof. And two, the whole point... It's to hide that the dinosaurs are there, right? Yeah, because the that... whole point is that the dinosaurs are these statues in the Natural History Museum, and they only come to life when the children are there so that they can make the children happy, so that they can see real dinosaurs. But the whole point is that other people don't know that they exist. But the Natural History Museum sits kind of low, and there's a bunch of taller buildings. 
that can clearly see this dinosaur playing golf. And that's the end of the movie. When you say, like, a T-Rex playing golf, it sounds like a setup to a joke. Like, all right, all right, I have this joke. The dinosaur plays golf. That's not the setup to a joke. That's the setup to a movie. (laughs) Also, with all the details we gave, how long do you think this movie is? Two? Possibly three hours? (laughs) No. That is one hour and ten minutes. Seventy minutes long, and all that happens, and it's like... Jeez. 70 minutes including credits, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so this is only like probably like a 65-minute movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm kind of actually curious. What? How much do you remember it as a kid? Like, what? What's? how much of the story do you remember from when we like would gr- have grown up with it? Um, I, the doctor, or not doctor, screw eyes dying was definitely the biggest thing I remember being like, wow, that freaked me out. And I do remember... The beginning parts of the dinosaur, the T-Rex playing golf with the bird. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember anything else. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I remember the baby bird and the golf thing like, and be like, that's kind of weird. And then I remember the song and dance from the city. But that's about it. Those are the only two things that I really can remember from it. You can... It definitely does not leave an impact on you. Like, there's no overall message. There's no... The characters are so bland, like, I can't really even describe any of them to you besides, like, Lewis is a New York kid. Yeah, Lewis, like, is a New York kid who wants to go to the circus. He's the only one who really wants anything in the whole thing. And you kind of spend more time with the kids than you do with the dinosaurs. Yeah, no, the dinosaurs are just there, really, and... It's, because it's not actually about them being back, it's not about them existing or having been gone and being you know real it's about them helping this kid go to the circus and then realizing that he's the circus headmaster is a bad guy yeah it's just all over the place side note do you think professor screw eyes do you think that's a sex joke do you do Look I, at me with I, those screw like, eyes do you think that was like a, a nickname he got in college like you know how, like, in Lion King, there's, uh, Nala has the doomy eyes? Oh, yeah. Or maybe he, Professor Screw Eyes is just... <laughs> He's got the Professor Screw Me Eyes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's... Maybe. Maybe that's what he always wanted to be called. He made his own nickname in college. It's like, hey, you've seen Professor Screw Eyes? And, and every girl on campus is like, no. And then he somehow puts a screw into his eye to make it oh literal. Oh, my God. Oh my god, no, it's because his, uh, he lost a bet in college, you know? Oh They were no. like, oh, screw eyes, like, bet you won't put a screw in your eyes, and he's like, what if I do? And then he did it, and then everyone thinks... <laughs> Professor Screw Eyes was the frat star of the world. <laughs> he was just like, oh, you think I won't do it? Oh, screw you guys. <laughs> and he just shoves the screw in his eye, which you can't actually tell that, like, because the eye that he has in the movie... Like, has this straight line in it. You can't tell that it's a screw. It just looks like he's got a green eye. Like, he's almost got, like, a cat's eye. Yeah. And then suddenly at the end, the screw falls to the ground. I think there's more of just an art thing than, like, a writing thing. Because they just didn't draw his eye correctly. Well, and that was one thing you could totally tell throughout the movie. The animation goes back and forth of being really good and then looking really bad. Yeah, like, some of it, like, was actually, like, pretty well done, like, 
beautiful shots, like part of it where the dinosaurs and Lewis are like sailing into New York. Like there's this cool sunset picture where you, like the buildings are there and then the, like you see the reflection of the buildings underneath them. And it's really cool. But then while the pterodactyl's flying, it looks like, I don't know, it just looks like like a 60s cartoon. Yeah. Like a bad Flintstones. Actually, though, they are they do reuse some shots occasionally, like when the one dinosaur is stuck in the train and it, the guy's watching mm-hmm. him go through it, and they reuse that a couple of times. The T-Rex looked super rad using that truck like a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, he did. He they stole he stole a truck and used it to skate around <laughs> and New York City. And listen to Larry King. Yeah, Larry King played himself in this for a hot second. He's <laughs> like, all right, you're on with Larry King. What's going on? Yeah, I think I saw a dinosaur at the parade. <laughs> All right, you're crazy. Let's move on. Uh, to get on like the production side of this, it, this movie was inspired by a children's book. And I decided to quickly like look up some things like, all right, how much of this was actually inspired by the book? And what happens in the book is they get abducted from the past, sent into the future, they... The dinosaurs run around and get stuck in the Macy's parade. And at the end of the Macy's parade, the cops are around him, like, about, to, I don't know what they're about to do, like, arrest him, I guess. And the woman who's looking for him finds him. And the cops are like, oh, they're going into a museum? That's okay. And that's how the book ends. I don't know who read that book and decided that that would make a great feature movie. Um, I don't know who read that book and decided, you know what we're missing? A sadistic circus. To be fair, though, that circus stuff was the best stuff of the movie. It was the darkest. I, I mean, it's setting the bar pretty low, I agree, but like... But if you're saying the circus part of the dinosaur movie is the best part, maybe they should have just made two movies. One about dinosaurs and one about a sadistic circus. And maybe only one should have been for children. <laughs> Uh, the screenwriter for this is uh, his name is John Patrick is? Shanley, and uh, a lot of people will know him because he writes a lot of plays. He's more known in the theatrical world, uh, and uh, the thing that I knew him the best from is he wrote the play and the movie for Doubt, uh, the movie with Meryl Streep playing a nun, and he also directed it. But his actual claim to fame is he wrote the movie Moonstruck with Cher, which he won an Oscar for for the screenplay. And he wrote that before uh, We're Back came out. I don't know when he wrote each screenplay, because he could have written the uh, We're Back before Moonstruck, because it sounds like this movie took a long time to make. Yes. It's hard to go from Moonstruck to six years later, We're Back, a dinosaur story. The more I watch these movies, the more I sort of just like, I, I don't know how much I actually do need to blame the writers for this, because there were four directors on this. And yeah. if you have four people on anything, like in, uh, you know, creatively, like there's going to be some stuff that just does not mix in very well. And you also had producer Steven Spielberg, who, you know, was busy with Jurassic Park at the time, so he probably was not too involved with this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I do just need to blame the direction, right? Like, well, the way. A side story comes from actor John Malkovich. Uh, John Malkovich was originally supposed to play Professor Screw-Eyes and said he was played by uh, someone else. I can't remember right now. But uh, John Malkovich was supposed to play Professor Screw-Eyes. And he had a falling out with all four directors 
because he felt that the direction of the script, the direction of the movie was not what it should have been. He said <laughs> he actually like has gone out of his way to specifically disparage this movie. Like nobody really remembers we're back a dinosaur story, but uh, there's an interview that he did about 10 years later. And he said, good ideas go to die in Hollywood. I worked on an animated movie about dinosaurs in New York once. It was completely bureaucratized. They took something that had art in it and put it in the laps of people that only cared about the bottom line. And look what happened. So according to John Malkovich, the, the problem actually wasn't in the script and in the story. The problem was in the directors and the producers and the people trying to sell the movie. You know, after they took off Professor Screw-Eye's backstory in college, you know, <laughs> Malkovich was like, I'm not doing this anymore. We this need is, to know where he came from. This was art and you wrecked it. You wrecked it. I mean, it's just such an interesting thing that John Malkovich, like, feels so strongly about this animated movie about dinosaurs. It, it is bizarre. And he still talks about it today is the thing, like, there was a good script in here, I guess, and I have no idea how you make this a good script. Like, it is too well, many ideas, too many different things. Honestly, there's no not any real jokes I can think of. No, there aren't really Unless, any. Unless, you know, a T-Rex playing golf is your type of joke. But. I mean, what's what's like your, your – you, how do you feel the best way? You are the doctor script. What's the, how do you feel like is the best way to fix what you have here? Because you do have some stuff, and we did mention like it's some stuff that could work. I, I, I mean, I really did like the circus stuff, but I don't think we focus on the circus stuff at all. We definitely need to focus on the dinosaurs because that's what you're getting kids into the seats originally for. Mm-hmm. You, the dinosaurs should probably have more of like a crisis of their own, like, oh, whoa, we just our whole race just died, and now we're running around and there's lights. Like, it's definitely a fish out of water story. It's like the equivalent if we're just hanging out and a robot comes from the past and picks us up and he's like, we need to put you in a museum. And then we go in and it's like, whoa, a lot's happened. Like, this is nuts. And I think we need a little more perspective in the dinosaurs on that. We just need to spend more time with the dinosaurs. That's a lot of it. <laughs> um, the kids, you know, Lewis is just like, yeah, I'm a New Yorker. What's up? What's it to you? Don't look at me like that. What's your damage? Come on. <laughs> Hot dogs. and Beverly, or not Beverly, uh, Cynthia? Cecilia. Cecilia. I mean, she's just there. And a lot of the problems with the script is like things just happen and don't really move forward with it. It's just this happened. Now this happened. And now we're here doing this. Yeah. It's not like oh, this leads to that, or because of this, now this happened. It's yeah, just no, like... Nothing, nothing builds on itself. Like, nothing... It's, it's supposed to just be this straight line from dinosaurs being here to going to the Natural History Museum, but they take all these detours that don't amount to anything. Right, and it feels like there's an easier solution. Like, Professor New Eyes literally just had to drop them off at the museum, yes. and instead he's like, nah, I'm gonna go... I don't even know what he's doing. I'm going to launch into the Hudson River. Yeah. <laughs> like, because there, there is something to be said, like, if it's almost like an existential movie, if they, even if he drops them off before they get to the Natural History Museum, and they're just walking and they have to, like, ex- like experience the fact and be like, wait a minute, there's no other dinosaurs here? What's going on? 
and then they see that these humans, like some of the humans love them and some of the humans are afraid of them. And they have to deal with the fact that they're kind of monsters in this world. Uh, yes, that's a cool idea. I think what we sh- they should have done is made Professor Screw Eyes more of like as the same intelligence level as New Eyes mm-hmm. and say he attacks the ship originally. And that's where the dinosaurs like fall out of the machine oh, there. And now yeah. they're trying to find him. And it's like a rendezvous, but they don't know where they are. And Screw Eyes is trying to find them too. Then we get Lewis, who's, you know, the New Yorker. And I think if we make him more of a dinosaur enthusiast, like, oh my God, here, this is how we do this. And how we'll disguise you. And, so, and like, you know, this is a kid's movie. You can have the disguise. It's just them like with glasses and a trench coat. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah. uh, but, and I think now it becomes more of a race between Screw Eyes and New Eyes. They gotta have new character names too. My <laughs> God, I mean, Screw Eyes' backstory is great, but you know, New Eyes. Why they could just give them the same last name but different first names? Don't <laughs> don't give them different last names. Uh, they yeah, no, I actually do like that idea of them of. Screw eyes, uh, pushing them out, and then it's like a race to figure out who can get to the dinosaurs first. Right, and then it does become more of a manipulation thing where, like, new eye or screw eyes realizes, like, oh, okay, he, they're gonna make it to the museum, but I'm gonna abduct these kids and make them work for me. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get out is to, you know, s- switch it up. Yeah, and then he he could probably talk to his brother, be like, hey, you could go back in the past and just get new dinosaurs, and I'll just have these ones, and then you know. It, there's something to work with with that. And then the kid could be more like, no, these are my friends. Because originally in the story, in the movie, that Lewis just wants a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of another problem that these people don't have like a time to bond uh, over any like little thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only thing they have is when Lewis saves uh, John Goodman Dinosaur from, mm-hmm. from being in the river, which I think is probably the reason they did that. And so they could have that moment with them. Yeah. Which is, still doesn't make it better. That, yeah. I mean, that's just so lazy is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they needed an extra, a handful of more scenes of them just, like, being with each other, you know? Well, and that's, like, where, like, if they went through the existential crisis and Lewis, like, helps them out of it, that's even, that could work, too. That builds their story and advances the plot and gives them time to be characters together. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I don't know if this is dark or not, but if you have, like... This is probably actually really dark now that I think about it. Like, maybe one of the dinosaurs is, like, their parent had... It's sort of like Land Before Time, where the parent just got killed, and now the young T-Rex is running off, and then he gets abducted by this guy. Mm -hmm. And he comes, say, the area he got abducted in, that's, like, future New York. And you have the dinosaurs come in, and they're like, whoa, this is, like, where the waterfall was, and, like, this is where blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the the Lewis takes them to a museum, and then, like, you see, like, the dinosaur bones of, like, their parents or something. Oh, so, is like, it? the dinosaur that's, like, the display in the museum yeah, is, yeah. like, his parents. Is that messed up, or is that, like... It's sort of nice. It's both. It's because it's, it's like a graveyard, sort of. Yeah, right? I mean, it's a little messed up that like he's looking at like his dead family, but then he kind of could almost look at it at, to be nice, and he's like, "Oh wow, I can I can go see my like ancestors whenever I want. I can 
uh, understand who they were as people. Yeah, and then it's it gives them a bit more closure to it all because like if you're like your dad or mom just immediately dies and you get abducted and then you get thrown into the future, it's like wow, today was pretty crazy. <laughs> well, it's like I feel like part of the problem is that they didn't want it to be like a movie where you can sit down with it because a lot they move to just new locations every single yeah. moment. Like there's no there's no returning to a place they've already been. It's all like. All right, we were in the past. All right, now we're in the spaceship. Now we're in the river. Now we're in the city. All right, now we're in the sky. Now we're in this alleyway. Like, they don't stop to be anywhere except for the circus. Right. I think with the museum stuff, too, maybe the museum is going out of business and they need the new attraction to, like, get them. Yeah. That's the dinosaurs. That's the dinosaurs. And the circus. What would you have done with the circus? Like, I mean, the circus stuff, I think, like, it is, it comes off as creepy enough. I mean, take out the frickin' clown. Mm-hmm. Like, that just, it messed with the tone so much. And it was just because I'm sure someone was like, yo, this is, like, a little too scary for kids. Like, we need to lighten the mood. Because he is such, just forced in to it all, you know? You could almost keep the clown. Because if you, if we're still doing the same, we're back at Dinosaur Story story, where there's still going to be this carnival that these guys are going to go to, it could just be that uh, Lewis has always wanted to go, and then that's how Professor Screwwise, you know, tricks him into coming to be like, uh, "Come on, ignore your dinosaur friends and come with me." And then he does that, and then the dinosaurs, you know, have to do that thing where they sell themselves back over to I, him, it, like because that's what he's wanted is he's wanted this new attraction himself in like his weird mystery circus. I think Screwwise just needs to straight up like take the kids and be like, "Yo, like." I have them, like, deal with it, or, I don't know, they'll be monkeys for the rest of their lives. I don't know, yeah, there could have just been so many other things. I'm sure, I want to know what, like, the story development room looked like yeah. for this, because if, if John Malkovich is to be believed, there was something there that we're probably hitting on a few of these things. Yeah, like, if, is he, like, Sir uh, Malkovich? John Malkovich, he, no, he's American. He's, Oh, he's American? Pretty good oh. American. Oh, cool. I American. don't know. We get, a, we get a W now and here and there. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it had to be good is the thing. Like, if he's still this, this mad about it, there had to have been something there to make him like, oh, well, like, this is going to be what I'm known for. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. This. I'm sure this... if you have Spielberg on, that helps, like, you more on board with it and i just i don't think spielberg was that involved with this see i think what spielberg did is he what he kind of does a lot is he buys the rights to so many things and then he's like i want to i want this to be made like he wants to make it but he's he's one man he can't make everything so he just has his company amblin make it and he just is like all right do a good job and kind of goes hands off with it because also in the trivia that I was looking at, the guys who made The Little Mermaid really wanted to make this movie. And then huh. they found out that Steven Spielberg had the rights to it and they weren't going to try and touch it at that point. Was this kid's book like a huge hit or something? Like It was I, it was known enough to Spielberg and known enough to the guys who made uh, Little Mermaid that they everyone wanted to do it. So, Just based off what like I've seen from the book and everything... It doesn't seem like there's a lot of meat on it. And then that's the part of the problem with the movie is that there's just not a lot to it. I don't know. I, the movie made me so mad kind of watching it. And then I had a little bit of enjoyment, like picking it apart. Mm-hmm. But now that we're trying to talk about the story of it, it just, 
it's so much even more upsetting. There's nothing, there's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing there. It's just so dumb and lazy. Yeah, it's definitely just trying to be like, but it's a kid's movie, and I think you should hold yourself up higher to that. Like, you can look at a lot of Pixar movies, and that is technically for kids, but yeah. they still, like, you know, leave a stronger impact. Well, they're talking to kids, but they're not talking down to them. They're just like, mm-hmm. I'm at your eye level. Whereas this movie is not just, like, not only talking down to kids, it's, like, digging a hole so these kids have to keep looking up even higher at you. It is just overall lazy is the thing. Like, there's very conflicting tones throughout, and that's what's just going to happen when you have four directors. Like, mm-hmm. that's totally different direction going around. Like, and do you remember what these guys did afterwards? Like, you said one of them did... Uh, there's a few... They all did different things afterwards. Uh, the one who did the most, he, he got a few extra movies out of it. Like, right after this, he did Balto and The Prince of Egypt... His most recent thing was Mars Needs Moms. Pour one out. Yikes. Uh, he's got uh, something in pre-production called Save the Cat. Uh, and then uh, these rest of these guys have now just kind of moved on to uh, just going back to animation and storyboarding mostly. Uh, because that's kind of all you could really do at that point. Just become an animator. The ironic thing is one of these guys... After he did, we're back at Dinosaur Story. Seven years later, did the Disney movie just called Dinosaur, and that's the not the CGI old one, right? Yeah, Whereas... CGI one. An orphan dinosaur raised by lemurs joins an arduous trek to a sanctuary after a meteorite shower destroys his family home. The thing is, I remember seeing that in the theaters, and I could not tell you anything about it, but I remember seeing. No, I I remember that one. Um... Shoot, I I'm on the tip of my tongue of what that character is called. The main character, I want to say it's like Arma. It starts. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, you're Ar, uh, Armadillo. Or uh, how many more guesses do you want? Oh my god! Oh, it's something Dill. Like or oh, just tell me, just tell me. Aladar. Aladar. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> next time we'll be watching Disney's <laughs> Dinosaur. Uh, no. I, I remember that, dude, that movie actually gets brutal at times. Not to get mm-hmm. super far off topic, but there's one point where all the old dinosaurs are, like, falling behind because they can't go as fast. Mm-hmm. And Aladar is like, no, you gotta keep pushing. The main guy's like, no, F them, they're gonna die. Like, And there's, like, other raptors or something waiting for them to die. Oh, yeah, it's, there's, like, this group of dinosaurs just following them, like, waiting for them to fall down so they can just jump them yeah oh my god i do remember more of this I, I, they're trying to go to like the promised land and they were like the promised land's not real you know now i'm thinking about that might is, is that connecting to like mormonism and stuff you know, like, uh, i don't know like the, oh, like, the trek, like west yeah and trying to like find your home i mean at the the idea of trekking to a new home is is a pretty old story that's uh it goes be, goes before mormon times but it is yeah. it's a that's probably the most relevant religious experience in recent times, at least. Yeah, all right. We got to bring it back. We're getting off topic. I guess. <laughs> I just, just want to avoid anything more to do with we're back. Uh, I mean, do you have anything else to, to say about it? Because I'm just like... I guess not. It. This is not one where it's like there's a lot of missed potential. Like, I'm like, oh, they definitely could have done this way. I'm so frustrated on that. This is just overall was just... I think after a few months, everyone sort of realized what they were making and that it wasn't going to be good. And so they just completely half-assed it. And 
it's a real shame because that writer sounds like he had something good. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how you could have made this to the point where John Malkovich is still peeved about it. It's just such a... Like, so many of the things that we watch for this, like, have this midway potential. But this seems like they're just whatever we watched had nothing to it. Yeah. It's, uh... I can't really say I'm mad at it, but it's just... It's okay, I'll be mad for the both of us. (laughs) (laughs) It's not... It's harmless. But it's, like, not inspiring. Pretty lazy and... Mm. All around, it's not good. Yeah. It's... It was the second best dinosaur movie of 1993. Yep. Is that the only other dinosaur movie that came out? When did Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park, that's 1993. Land Before Time? Is that in the 80s? Land Before Time? Oh, I don't know. I'll I'll look that up before uh, you have any other There had to be a direct-to-DVD Land Before Time, you know? No. Land Before Time 1 is in 88. Land Before Time 2 is 94. Ah! Uh, Missed it by a year. Rats. Rats. It's okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it on our end. I guess, yes, overall, very disappointing. Nothing to get super mad about, but there was a lot of, not even a lot of missed opportunity, just people being lazy. A misfire on all fronts. Yep. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like, and do all that jazz, and we'll be back uh, soon with another episode. Adios. Peace.